This is Todd Haberkorn, Mr. Spock on Star Trek Continues, and you are listening to the Trek Geeks podcast with Dan Davidson and Bill Smith. Failure to tune in would be highly illogical. It's the biggest little show this side of the Alpha Quadrant. Yes, friends, it's the Trek Geeks podcast, and here we are with episode 12. Wow, what a week it's been. Um, normally at this time, I would use uh, some kind of wit to introduce my podcasting partner, but instead, uh, with all the things that have transpired since our interview with Andy Robinson, I just want to say that I am proud to introduce my friend, my compatriot, my brother, Dan Davidson. Dan? Um, wow, what a week this has been. That's pretty much all I can say. I mean, it's been, <laughs> it's been, it's been unlike anything. We say this all, God, it, says, it sounds like we say this every week. It's been unlike anything that we have, could have possibly fathomed. Well, this week has been that times about a hundred, wouldn't you say? Uh, yeah, in fact, almost literally, um, so let's we'll back up a little bit. We have had such great response to uh, episode eleven with we do with Andy Robinson, Garrick from Deep Space Nine. Um, we have seen just such a, an incredible spike in traffic thanks to that interview. And so to all of you who are new to the podcast, thank you so much for checking us out. We um, we couldn't be more humbled or honored that you have stopped by um, this biggest little show to to check us out. Um, we've set our own records for number of downloads in a day and you know we're eclipsing what we've done just compared to last month um and the numbers are i think still going up aren't they dan i think that i think the best way to describe it is staggering um every time every episode has pretty much eclipsed every previous episode uh but i i gotta say is it the is it the guest is it andy himself or is it just word of mouth the the amount of downloads that we've seen and the positive comments that we've seen from the interview with Andy has been the thing that makes me want to do this for a really long time. Well, hopefully you'll still do it with me. <laughs> I hope that I will be able to do it for a really long time. <laughs> Only with Bill. Only with you, Bill. Oh, oh, um, you're, you're let's back great. up. Let's back up a little bit, though. Um, all of the guests have been fantastic. Uh, we had uh, several weeks in a row where we had people. Uh, we had Cat Roberts. We had Todd Habercorn from Star Trek Continues. Then we had Richard Hatch from the original Battlestar Galactica, the new Battlestar Galactica, Axanar. Then we had a week off where we didn't have guests. We want to mix it up a little bit. So we did the first contact episode on uh, April Come on, Bill, help me out. April, April 5th. 5th. There you go. I just want to make sure that you were still listening. Um, huh? And we had a great, we had a great uh, time with that. And then it seems that we kind of kicked it up a notch. 
Um, Nana Visitor uh, came on with us for episode 10, um, which was – to me was like, oh my god, we got, we got one of the Deep Space Nine people on the show. I was kind of freaking out a little bit as you might remember. Um, no. What what are your what are your uh, memories of that show and the what happened afterwards? I think that well, it's probably easier for me to talk about both shows as a whole. Um, I, I think that after each one, I was even more blown away than I was the week before, um, because both Nana and Andy made it so easy to talk to them, and they give us perspective that you know we as fans who have been to a number of conventions have really not had before. And I think it's really the kind of thing that hindsight gives you. You know, Nana talked about uh, Kira and, and possible PTSD. And and Andy talked about, um, oh God, now I'm drawing a blank, but everything that Andy talked about. Um, and I, I think that, you know, it was, it, it gives me fresh eyes to watch some of these stories again. And I think that that's probably true for you too. It is the thing that the thing that I I found interesting with Andy when you talk about what these actors are actually thinking of in their mind. One thing for Kira, and then I'll get back to Andy. Kira uh, Nana was talking about Kira and how the Mirror Universe Kira loved the Our Universe Kira, and that's why she was the way she was because she had that infatuation with herself. When you think about it, um, and then the one that really was interesting, and now that I've watched it again since since we talked to Andy. The first time we saw him where he he decided to build it up before they actually filmed that, he was going to be sexually attracted to the doctor. Now oh, that right. you watch that scene, you're like, oh my god. You can see that so clearly in that scene and that whole episode. Um, it's just great to see the, to hear the insight from these uh, folks who come on the show with us. Well, Andy gave us such great perspective on everything from Dirty Harry to Hellraiser to his novels and his writing. Um, so, I mean, I, it was, it was a home run all around from his perspective. I mean, we were just lucky enough to show up at the right time and ask some, some questions and, and the answers that we got from both Nana and Andy were just amazing. Um, I walked away with a new appreciation for both actors and, you know, I, I have infinitely more respect and admiration for them today than I did even before we talked to them. And I loved them before that. Yeah, uh, same with me. Um, Garrick has always been one of my favorite characters on Deep Space Nine. And to be able to hear that detail of how much someone someone started writing a diary the first episode he was in, not even knowing that he was going to be a recurring character for 39 episodes. But he wanted to have that background story of his character. So he wrote a diary and then ended up publishing it as a book. That shows the level of commitment that these folks out in Hollywood have to a show like Deep Space Nine and all the other incarnations incarnations of trek is that a, is that a word it is Incant- incarnation, In- incarnation incantation okay uh, thank you two different words but they're both <laughs> words just the same um <laughs> a little schoolhouse rock here on the trek geeks podcast oh, this week yeah yeah just a bill <laughs> interjections <laughs> and uh, back on point <laughs> and here we are again um i think that um I think the guests like Andy um, and Nana are a great example of of why we started doing this and why we continue to do it. Um, you know, uh, the conventions I've seen them at; these are not answers I would have gotten necessarily from them on the stage yeah, at a con. I mean, they may have answered it in some form, but certainly not to the extent that they did 
in yeah. in our interviews with them. Yeah, I think that's something that um, we have a, have given an, an opening for. Not even really knowing that we were going to do it is it's very personal. It's a very personal interview that we do with these folks. I think it's just the three of us. Um, and it maybe it allows them to open up a little bit more where they can't when there's 15,000 people cheering at them when they're on stage and every eye and spotlight is, is, is right on them. Well, and uh, I think the, the questions that we tend to ask in, in this venue are, are probably a little different because we want to know more about the, the backstory or the impetus behind a particular scene or, how long did the makeup take? <laughs> <laughs> I, I can guarantee you, I will never ask that question to but, anyone. But you just did. No, that wasn't me. No, you just did. <laughs> it's only you and me on this this recording, there, Chief. So says you. So say you all. <laughs> so say we all. <laughs> I, um, and I now I'm totally lost. So <laughs> I had a great point. Well, it's gone. No, it was a good point. What you were saying is 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 this this um, atmosphere that we are in allows them to answer questions that we ask that normally they wouldn't get uh, on the convention circuit. I think there's a a level of candor that that occurs in this particular setting, and I, I think that that's what makes the conversation so great. I don't even really think of them as interviews as much as I think of them as conversations, conversations. With people. yeah yep exactly and we talked about it after we were done with andy is when we, i don't think we did it on recording but off recording um that was the type of conversation that we'd be down at uh at the local pub having a beer with the guy and just talking about the, the memories that he had for the show it was that uh comfortable it was that personal and it was that enjoyable and i think that the other takeaway is is that andy is genuinely that nice I mean, yes. that wasn't just a front for the recording. I mean, nope. the guy was that nice from the time we started talking to him up until even after we stopped recording and passed that. So, yep. um, the other thing that I like about him and Nana also, in regards to at least Deep Space, Deep Space Nine, but more so to Andy, he is so outwardly grateful at what that role did for him and both career wise, um, being able to raise his family and he, and he genuinely appreciates it. And he shows that appreciation to the fans and to people like us when we interview him. I, I couldn't agree more. Um, he's, they're both incredibly kind. Um, they're both delight to, to talk to. And I hope that we honestly get the chance to have them on again, not just because we, we get another great podcast episode, but so we can continue that relationship mm-hmm. of sorts. Yeah. And the other thing that's great is at least someone uh, on this podcast will probably be talking to him in August when they're out in Vegas. You're going right? to Vegas? <laughs> oh, wow. That's a newsflash right here on the Trek Geeks podcast. Dan I'd Davidson expect- <laughs> going to Vegas for STLV. I yeah, can't no. tell you how psyched I am. It's 100 days away from this recording. Yeah, yeah I, I, I'm not going to be there. What? <laughs> but you will. Huh? And you'll be able to report back to us about what a great time you're having. I, uh, I I actually will um, in between um, trips to the bar, I'm sure. <laughs> and the selfies. Yeah. Oh, don't forget the selfies. There's a reason why I'm not podcasting from Vegas. That's because it could sound a whole lot like this. Welcome to the Shaggy Podcast. I'm Bill Smith. That's what you usually sound like. Though. I know. I've cleaned it up a little bit tonight. 
<laughs> Very good. You're doing a good job. Which one of us is drinking a margarita right now? That would be me in my Star Trek <laughs> Deep Space Nine glass, actually. Uh, yes, absolutely. And you're drinking water. Bottled water. And you still sound like that. Wow. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, they've been they've been fantastic uh, interviews, all of them. And I will say, um, teasing a little bit, we've got some fantastic, which is my favorite word, uh, interviews coming up in the near future. Um, we're not going to we're not going to drop the bomb on any of them because we don't want it to backfire. But uh, what we have lined up, it's it's going to be continuing this trend of getting people on the show that. For people, uh, for you and I who have only been doing this since January, to be getting these names on is uh, is amazing that they're that, that they're coming. Well, the other thing too is that um, we've read you know your feedback. For those of you who've taken the time to leave us a uh, a review, by the way, we're going to announce the winner of the Blu-ray giveaway later on in the podcast. But a lo- there was a central theme in the the reviews that <laughs> what are you looking at? <laughs> what are you looking at? I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> and the winner is Bill. No. No. No, not the no. winner. Um, there was a central theme in the reviews that said that people enjoy things like Stump the Geek. So we're going to try to get into a, a schedule where we do you know, one geekful episode like this one where it's just Dan and I. And then another one where we maybe have an interview. Um, so we'll see – how that goes down the road. Um, that's our stated goal, but, uh, we got some stump the geek coming up later. That's for sure. I want to know why people think that's so great. Um, I think it's, because <laughs> you really want to know why is it, is it because that I'm so good at it or because I'm suck at it? <laughs> well, or is it because of the questions that you come up? I don't want this all to be about me now, Bill. Come on. Now well, we've talked about this before. Keep in mind <laughs> the three times we played stump the geek, you went like one for five. Five for five, and then four for five. So I mm-hmm. wouldn't say you suck at this, my friend. All right. Thank, I appreciate that. The questions that – I got to say the questions that you come up with are quite challenging. I, I will say that. They are good. They are very good. Uh, you showed me a site today which had a bunch of questions, and I was like, really? What are we, in kindergarten? <laughs> <laughs> this is advanced level stuff. This is like Stump the Geek 301 here. 301. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I've still got room to grow. Yeah. We are going to have the reverse Stump the Geek. So that would be Geek the Stump coming up at some point at a <laughs> podcast. And you are going to be put on the hot seat, my friend. And believe me, if you think your questions are hard, you're not even going to be able to breathe. <laughs> I'm sorry. Geek the Stump? <laughs> Do we need you to like trademark that? that? <laughs> I think we should. Let's tweet that out right now. It almost sounds dirty. <laughs> I can't even say it. Um, wow. So moving on. Geek the Stump. So as you recall, I um, I recently took a cruise to the Caribbean with my, yes. my beautiful bride. Mm-hmm. We had a long awaited vacation, which um, my wife deserved, you know, in more than, than I did this year. That's for sure. She's worked really hard, and, and it was great to get away and visit the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. While on this trip, I actually finally read the book that you bought me for Christmas, yes. um, Star Trek Sorrows of the Empire by David Mack, which is, well, one of his Mirror Universe books. Um, how about you give us a brief 
thumbnail. Or how would you describe the book? Let's put it that way. Uh, uh- very, very brief thumbnail because I don't want to give anything in away in the story because it is, in my opinion, the best mirror universe story that has ever been written. Um, it is basically – it picks up right after uh, – let, let's back up a second. Take the Star Trek Continues episode, Fairest of Them All, and throw it out the window. has no – nothing to do – nothing's the same. Very different storylines, which is fine. But this book picks up – right as the Mirror Universe Kirk and crew beam back to the Enterprise. And it is the entire story about what Spock does with the advice that our universe's Kirk gives him. He becomes the empire, uh, the emperor of the, uh, of the empire uh, and the things that happen. This book is fantastic. He, I, it's not too much of a giveaway to say this because you can see it right on the cover of the book. He ends up marrying uh, Lieutenant Moreau uh, and they run the empire – there is tie-ins with just about every uh, every Trek uh, series that has been made to this point, uh, the the official ones, and it is a really good read. It's a fun read. It's exciting. There's really no slow parts that I can recall. Do you, Bill? No, there are no slow parts whatsoever. In fact, I think my only criticism of the book in a constructive way is that some of the chapters are too short. Yes. Well, here's an interesting thing about that. There was a... I don't think compendium is the right word, but there was a a thick mirror universe novel that came out that had about six short stories in it. And this Sorrows of Empire was actually one of those short stories. And then David, I believe what he did was he took upon that and made it an entire self-supporting novel. Um, And hopefully we'll be able to ask him that at some point because we are going to hopefully have him on at some point to discuss the work that he's done uh, as an author in Star Trek. But um, I'm so glad you were able to finally read it. I've read it a couple of times, uh, and it's it's great. Everybody knows my love for the Mirror Universe, and this is this is a great example of why I think that universe is so uh, is so fun to to watch and read about. I thought it was masterfully done. I genuinely appreciated the way that it tied all of the instances of the Mirror Universe together that we've seen on screen, and it tied it all the way from it tied. Pre pre Spock, it tied yeah. you know um, Enterprise with what happened in the episodes in in that TV series ties it all together. Empress Sato was in this and and stuff like that. So it was it was great. It's a great read and I recommend it to everybody. Go to Amazon.com, Barnes and Noble, wherever and uh, and check it out. It's really good. I have to say, there's no better way to read that book than sitting on the balcony of your suite aboard a cruise ship, um, yeah. listening to the water go by and, and yeah. enjoying some sun. Um, yeah. So it was a perfect setting to read that book. I just want you rub, to know. Rub it in a little bit more. Thank okay. <laughs> it was 85 every day, and there yeah. wasn't a cloud in the sky, and it was nice, and it wasn't too too hot. I had a fantastic time. I'm glad. Actually, I'm glad you had a good time. Uh, um, you deserved it. Um, I am looking forward to my trip coming up pretty soon. That's um, right. But- yeah, uh, heading out with uh, with the wife to uh, a little uh, house of mouse, so to speak, and looking forward to that trip. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough not to to be doing a podcast or be uh, working on album covers all the time, but I think I'll manage. I think you'll find a way to muddle through. Muddle is a good word because yeah. that's probably what's going to happen. Yeah, or muggle if you happen to go over to Universal. We we have discussed that we're not going to do it this trip, but we may do it in uh, in our next trip, which will be coming up in a few months. Nice. We like to go. We like to try to go twice a year. So, so are you going to be bringing any novels to read while you're going? And if so, what are you going to read? 
Um, good question. Uh, I do have David Mack's new Section 31 novel that I have started. The problem is I'm a little bit behind on the stories that took place before this novel. Uh, there are there's um, there are several novels that came out that um, discuss the new Deep Space Nine station and all kinds of strange things going on in the Federation, and I haven't read enough about it to really give a, a good explanation of what it is. All I know is that in this new uh, book of his, uh, Bashir is no longer in Starfleet. He has been disgraced, uh, and he is now being um, heavily sought after by Section Thirty One to assist them with their. Uh, evil doings interesting yeah it looks it I, i've read the first 20 pages or so just to just to see what it's like because i don't want to get too much into it and it's uh it's pretty good i will say that in a lot of the novels that have come out since all of the series went off the air there's a there's a real um focus on the andorians uh for the for a lot of the stuff that i've read they're heavily involved in a lot of the novels that um take up this uh prequel so to speak and um i'll get the i'll get the actual title of the series of five or six books i think it's called the fallen if i remember correctly it's a whole series of 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 novels that have come out and it's all they're all tied together and this is the latest one by david mack well we'll um if you pull those together we'll put them in the show notes in case people are interested um i do have to tell you that after we spoke to andy robinson in the last episode i actually went out and i bought a stitch in time for my nook Yep. Um, so I'm going to start to read that. I'm sure it will take me four months to read that book too. You know, it may not because <laughs> as as great as Sorrows was and, and it did take you a long time to read it, the way that Andy writes A Stitch in Time, you don't want to put it down. I mean I was reading it. We, My wife Sue and I would go to the store and I'd wait out in the car while she ran inside and I'd pull out my iPhone and pull up my Kindle app and start reading even if it was just a couple of pages because you, you just want to keep reading it to see what's going on. The backstory of his life and how it fills in a lot of those mysteries really makes it a great read and Andy does a good job. Well, and in my defense, I finished Sorrows of the Empire in about three days once I actually started reading it yep. uninterrupted. So yep. um, – it was a fantastic book. If any of you are looking to get back into Star Trek novels, um, I, just from my perspective, because I haven't read a lot of them, the David Mack ones seem like a, like great ones to start with. Um, but if you go back to some classics like Imzadi or or even yes. some of the older TOS books, yeah, um, Blackfire was one of my favorites growing up by Sonny Cooper. Yeah, um, there. I mean, there's just a ton. There really for are. several for several years, Mzadi was my favorite. I've read that probably five or six times. I actually emailed David Mack when Sorrows of Empire came out, and I said that this novel has surpassed it. Mzadi is my all time favorite novel, and he actually responded back to me, which I was thrilled about. It was well before we did any stuff with the podcast or the website, and I was just oh my oh my god, this author actually wrote back to me, and he was. He was very um, honored to be even mentioned in the same sentence as an author like Peter David, but he is right up there. He is he's one of the great Star Trek authors uh, out there. I feel like we needed LeVar Burton for this segment because it's about books. But you don't have to take my but, word for it. But he can't see. He wears a vi- – oh, wow. reading rainbow. Wow. I see what you're getting at. That was a joke, Bill. Yeah. Oh, was it? Yeah. Wasn't it funny? No. Okay, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> well, you're laughing. Um, is that Everybody an awkward laugh? laugh? Okay. <laughs> it's so, like at the end of an original series episode. 
uh, the the Star Trek laughing syndrome that we talked about a couple of episodes ago. Yes, we did absolutely. <laughs> so, um, moving on, Dan. Yes. A while ago, we talked about the fact that we'd come up with a list um, of episodes for Deep Space Nine, and the premise of which was. Which five episodes would you show to somebody to introduce them to DS9? You remember when we talked to Nana, um, we had all talked about the fact that people seem to be discovering that series more and more and more nowadays. Uh, people come up to her all the time and say, I, I can't believe I didn't watch this before. Um, and so I thought that it would be a good idea to, from our perspective, as uh, as geeks and as DS9 lovers, to go through our list of the five we'd show somebody to, to get them into the series. Yeah. I think that we've talked, like you said, we've talked about this for a, a long time. It has not been easy for me to come up with this list. And the reason it hasn't been easy is coming up with the ones that you would want to introduce is so much different than your favorite episodes. Right. And it's been very difficult for me to, to balance that. Um, I think that some of the ones I've come up with are actually my favorites, and I think that the reasoning for int- for having someone watch them to introduce them to the series might justify where they're also why they're also part of my favorite some of my favorites. I can't talk. <laughs> <laughs> my daughter just brought me a uh, like a Dairy Queen Blizzard and dropped it off at my station here while we're talking, and I'm just like staring at it, and I'm very excited. Um, I I didn't get one. No. <laughs> That's because you just got done from a cruise, jerk. Wow. Okay. Well, maybe I'll go first with my first episode of Deep Space yes, Nine. Yes, that would be great. I'm going to have a bite of this. And, and again, please remember, we're not saying that these are our favorites. I'm not saying that these are you know the best episodes of Deep Space Nine. I'm just saying they're the ones most conducive to introduce somebody to the franchise. And for this me, really and good. excuse me, <laughs> this is really good. <laughs> go back on mute <laughs> from my perspective I truly think you have to start with a pilot and that's Emissary episode one um, as awkward as it is in spots um, I think it's essential to get an understanding of who Cisco is and what got him to Deep Space Nine plus I mean it's the kind of pain and raw emotion you have never seen from a main character in Star Trek before I think it demonstrates his enormous vulnerability and you get to see something that we haven't seen in Star Trek before or since, an actual father-son relationship that is not dysfunctional in any way. You get to see you know, Cisco trying to parent his son, Jake, the best way he can on the edge of the final frontier and with all of those challenges and also being a single dad, um, a widower. Yeah. So for me, I, I as much as I'm not – I don't love the – the pilot, I think it's an essential place to start from to get a sense of who Cisco is at the start of this journey. I I like the idea of of that being one of them. I did not pick it for a couple of reasons. One is is I I can't get over the awkwardness of that first episode. And that's not that's not bashing anything, but we saw it next generation, Voyager, Enterprise, every single one of the series. The first episode, the first couple of episodes, several in the first season, they're not the best of that particular series. And I think Emissary is one of those ones that while it does 
give you that this is why you would probably want to watch this show. It was it's I've watched it several times recently for this particular segment of the show. I just can't get over that awkwardness um, and put it on the on the list. I think that there are other shows that would allow you to see that special relationship that Jake and, and Ben have um, without the uh, what's the best way to put it um, awkwardness that we see in emissary in several scenes. Well, that's why it's my list and not yours. So nanny, nanny, boo, boo, (laughs) but it is a good, but, but I, I, I do respect your opinion, even if it is wrong. Wow. (laughs) Well, uh, captain DQ, do you want me to continue with my list so you can eat your blizzard? No, that's okay. I'll be happy to, to throw in my first uh, choice. Um, and it's funny that, uh, that this is, uh, one of the ones on my list, based on who we just talked to last week. And that is the episode called The Wire. It is the first episode that Garrick was actually introduced as a character. And the reason I I chose it is to show the fans that are coming in to Deep Space Nine for the first time that this is the show that tackles what Roddenberry wanted to do in a great way. Talk about the things that are going on in our time – in the future, they're the same type of things. Garrick is addicted to this wire that he has in his brain and what it does when he activates it. And I thought it was a great um, way to handle stories about addiction. And I thought that it was great character development for Garrick, who was brand new to the show, as well as Bashir, who was wet behind the ears, as Garrick puts it, um, in his uh, um, character uh, building. I think that... I love your selection of The Wire. I think it's a fantastic episode. I'm using your word there just for you. Um, I also think that it's it's incredibly Star Trek. I mean, it's it's one of those episodes that speaks to everything Star Trek is about. It takes a topic that is relevant and current, especially in that, well, especially now even and even back then. And it turns it into a science fiction story that really mm-hmm. allows characters to shine. So... Unlike you, uh, and with my first pick, I think your first pick is great. I think your first pick is great. I just don't agree with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, then. Let me put it this way. If Emissary, it's kind of, it, 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 you really can't do this, but if Emissary was done with the spectacular job that all of the actors did in season four, five, six, or seven, it would be the number one pick. Okay. Well, I think that it'll be hard for you to find a way to not like my second pick. And we discussed this episode with Nana Visitor, and that's Duet. It's by far, hands down, the best episode of season one. Um, it's that dynamic between Harris Eulin's character of Eamon Maritza and, and Major Kira that makes the episode great simply because of their scenes. We get a great understanding of Kira's true feelings about the occupation, and we see her ability to grow and sympathize when the big reveal happens at the end of the episode. I think yep. that it's if you're going to set somebody down to introduce them to Deep Space Nine, you have to show them this episode. I agree, and one of the other reasons why it's so important is uh, it's the first real delve into the occupation backstory Yes, about how – horrific it was and how lackadaisical the Cardassians were and just exterminating these people for no reason whatsoever other than to get the the things on the planet that they wanted for their resources. Um, the acting was 
was right up there. Um, and even though it was episode, what, three, two or three, something like that? Oh, no, it's it's deep in the season. It's, was it uh, deeper in the season? Yeah, it's toward um, the end. They did uh, – it's one of those well-done first season episodes. Uh, uh, Nana is great. She's able to – she's able to – be extremely emotional without overacting. Yes. Um, and I think that uh, it was one of her shining moments in the entire seven seasons. I, I, I agree. She goes toe to toe with Harris Eulin and doesn't miss a beat. And he himself is a, is an incredible actor who's been around for a long, long time. So duet is my number two. That means it's time for your number two. All right. My number two. And, and we should say, and if we didn't already, because I'm, I'm getting brain freezes with this thing. So uh, <laughs> these are not in any particular order. Right. Uh, these are just five of our favorite episodes. And my second choice would be The Begotten. Interesting. And that is the episode where Odo has been uh, made a solid by the founders. And he finds through Quark a baby changeling. And he is trying to get it to uh, – communicate and he's trying to educate it and whatnot. Um, the reason that I thought that this is such a great story is because it does a very good job of Odo's backstory because Dr. Mora um, has a huge part of this episode as a guest star and you find out exactly how much Odo went through when he was being experimented on um, back when he was first found, when he was a quote-unquote young changeling i thought it was a good a good way of showing the odo character in a way that we had not seen before and of course at the end you know that the changeling isn't going to make it it reabsorbs into odo's body and odo gets his morph more uh metagenic morphogenic matrix back and he's able to transform again i thought it was great the the whole scene with him the emotion on his face which you don't usually see with odo when he realizes what he's got back and he transforms into that hawk or raven and flies around the promenade is is great when he lands and becomes odo again the look on his face is 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 really something i um it's funny you bring up um the begotten because for my next episode i actually chose the alternate which is the first episode in which you see dr mora um particularly because you got that glimpse of Odo's early life with the Bajorans um, under the Cardassian occupation earlier than you'd get in The Begotten. I think it, it introduced the great conflict to be resolved later in the series. Um, but, I mean, I, I chose it for no other reason than Rene Aubergenois and James Sloyan in the same scenes uh, because the two of them are phenomenal together. I mean, James Sloyan is great every time he's in Star Trek, whether it's TNG, um, yep. whether it's uh, in Voyager is Jatrell, um, you know, but in this one in particular, it's probably not only, I think, a great expositionary episode to introduce somebody to DS9, but it's also mm -hmm. one of my favorites. Yeah. One of the things that I like the most about it is is it's good to see. And it's kind of, you know, you expect something like this in an episode of this type of uh, backstory, what happens, how they how he Oda went through so much that they they kind of quote-unquote kiss and make up at the end um and it, it seems as if odo has finally put all the terrible things that dr mora put him through behind him and odo has that <clears throat> type of type of scene at the end which which is always good to see i i really like that episode a lot so which episode is next in line for you wow you're making me go f first this time wow well, okay well that was my third one you've only done two so far oh that's right i'm sorry yes that's right okay i 
we're talking about Dr. Morris, so it kind yeah. of all melded together. Yeah. Um, I would say that it's – this is one that you may not agree with, but just because of the sheer magnitude of the episode, I put the visitor as as one to introduce somebody to. Um, that being said, it's an episode that you have to know the characters a little bit about, so that kind of defeats the whole purpose of why we're doing this. But at the same time – this episode shows that bond that we talked about a few minutes ago with the emissary between Jake and his father uh, or between uh, Ben and Jake. But this time it's in reverse. And what Jake is willing to do to save that relationship with Ben. Um, and it also shows the amazing closeness that the entire crew had with one another. When you look at it um, in the in the future um, – Dax and Bashir, it looks like they came out of a retirement home to be on the Defiant to help them <laughs> try to pull him out of subspace. And that is a is a great example to show what these people mean to each other on the station. I, you may need to leave you may need a little bit of the backstory, but at the same time, it's a great introduction one to show what this group of people out on the station uh, feel about one another. I agree with you because it's also on my list, but I disagree with you that you need the backstory. And here's why, because at the end, this story is about a relationship between a son and a father. Whereas emissary is about a father and a son. This one is about the, the lengths that Jake will go to, to, to get his father back. And this is one of those episodes that I can't watch without tearing up every single time because Absolutely. it is so beautifully written. Yep. Um, beautifully written. And Tony Todd could have won an Oscar for what he did in this episode um, if there was such a thing as an Oscar for television. But it was <laughs> – he is so good because he goes through several stages uh, in this episode. And it, just what we said a few minutes ago about Maritza – Anything that Tony Todd has done in Star Trek has been just phenomenal. And this is – I think it is his best performance in any Star Trek series playing Elder Jake. The thing that gets me about this episode in particular is that Ben – at the very last second of the episode, you realize that Ben Sisko will remember everything that occurred and that Jake will remember nothing. Nothing, yep. And you can see it. In in Cisco's eyes and on his face, as mm-hmm. he holds Jake as tight as he can, that he understands what his boy did for him. Yep. And I think personally, you know, just as a as a character story, even though the, in the Pale Moonlight is my favorite episode, I think that this is quite possibly Deep Space Nine's finest hour. I totally agree with you. The other thing that I would like to throw in there, uh, and it's ironic because we just talked to, to to Andy last week and he's just so great, is for those of you who may have not known it, his daughter plays the visitor, who this is named after That's in correct. that episode. Yep. And she does a good job. And of course, now that I, I know that, because I will be honest, I did not know that until I was doing the research for the interview with Andy. And, and I've watched it since then. She looks just like him. She Never really saw does. that before, but now she looks just like him. <laughs> <laughs> so this takes us to our last episodes on the list. Um, I forget who's supposed to go first. Is it me? I will. I will let you have the honor, sir. Okay. Have you? You've given four, right? Uh, the Wire, the Begotten, and the Visitor. Oh, so no. You need to give us your fourth. Okay. 
Oh, that's right, because Visitor was both of ours, so right. that was your fourth. Yeah. Um, for my fourth, I chose Far Beyond the Stars. Very nice. And the reason I chose that one, sort of like with The Wire, is it is Star Trek at its finest. It is tackling a controversial issue in an amazing way and in a way that you would not expect a show like Deep Space Nine to tackle it. And the performance by especially Avery Brooks and his direction, because he directed this episode, may be the finest of his seven seasons on the show. Um, it was it was so fun, even though the even though the episode is very serious about what it's trying to discuss. It was so fun to see all of these characters out of makeup. You saw J.G. Hertzler without makeup. You saw Nana without her nose. You saw Odo without his face on. Um, just all of – and Jadzia without any of her spots. Damar, Wayun, you can just, the list goes on and on. And it, they have all said how fun it was to do that episode. Um, but it tackled it, – it, like I said, it does what Trek did back when Gene was, was running the show. It tackles an issue. And it makes you think about it. You don't need to know any of the characters to see to to watch this episode because they're not really playing themselves. It's just great Star Trek, and it's great Deep Space Nine, and it's great science fiction. I mean, you know, with the original series, it was great sci-fi, but then as as the other series started to premiere, we judged it by the fact of whether or not it was good Star Trek. And I think that Far Beyond the Stars holds up with both litmus tests. It is great Star Trek. And it is a great science fiction story. If you yep. remove all the Star Trek references, that story still works. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, it was great. And to see everybody, it's, it's probably the top or the second most quoted overacting. And I say that jokingly because it's not overacting. It's good. It's when Cisco kind of loses it at the end. And he's like, right. it's in my mind. And that is that is awesome. Um, and it, it's is as sorry as you feel for what Benny is going through when that happens to him. It's great to watch. Oh, you can watch that on a loop. Yeah. Um, he does a great job. And I'll tell you the other one, uh, Avery does such a great job in that. I thought Renee was fantastic in that as uh, the boss editor in chief. I agree. He was kind of a, he had to be kind of a douche at times, but at the same time he was also um, compassionate and he understood what, the the moral implications of what had to be done because of that time in history. He didn't like it, but he was forced to do it. And he was kind of a patsy that he wasn't going to stand up. Um, he did. And you could see that in his face. I mean, he, yeah. he looked pained uh, during those scenes. So both of those guys did a great job. It was beautifully played by, by everybody. Um, I'm going to move on to my last episode. And actually it's two episodes because you can't watch one without the other. Um, People love time travel and temporal conundrums in Star Trek. So for that reason, for my fifth introductory episode, I chose Past Tense 1 and 2. Um, the, the Defiant is sent back in time and Cisco and Bashir and Dax are stuck on, um, on Earth during the time of the Bell Riots and the, the, uh, the Mission Districts in San Francisco. And Cisco has to assume the identity of Gabriel Bell to preserve the timeline. Um, it's a great twist. Um, it's uh, it says a lot about us today, as a people. And, um, I, I think that I, I think it's fun, and I think it's a good story with it's well told. 
It's not one of my favorite ser- uh, shows, two-parters. I never really got into it. I understand the um, importance of Ben taking over as Gabriel Bell, and I do like that later on in Little Green Men when Nog is reading the history of Earth that they have a picture of Gabriel Bell, and it's Ben. Well, and he's like, like doesn't Cisco. this look like Captain Sisko? Um, I just I thought that was a good tie-in, but I never really got into it. Um, you brought it up with Andy last week, I believe, and how – Trek tackles the issues of things that actually come to fruition, like districts. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, it's just it's just one that never resonated with me very well. So I think that's why I don't um, I don't put it on on this list. I totally understand your reasoning for it, though. It's just something I probably have to watch again to uh, really get that um, that it would be a good one to bring somebody into the show with. Sounds like you better load up your iPad before Disney. Uh, I'm probably going to watch it as soon as we're done talking here tonight. (laughs) Well, in that case, you better get on with your last episode. All right. My last episode for introducing someone to Deep Space Nine and how great it is, is Profit and Lace. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Yes, I am kidding. (laughs) Anytime that you see Quark turn into a woman, it's pretty funny. Um, No, I'm just kidding. I just I I was trying to find a good Ferengi episode to make a joke with. (laughs) You found it. That's the first one that that, yeah. (laughs) Um, You talked about it a minute ago. It's actually my um, probably the top one that I would put on this list for introducing someone to Deep Space Nine, but probably for reasons that would surprise you, and that's in the pale moonlight. Um, yeah, I am kind of surprised by that because you have yeah. to know a lot about the Dominion War. No, I don't. I don't. I don't think so. You all you need to know is that they are at war and that they are losing. And that as at the beginning of the episode, that casualties report is every time it's posted, it's tens of thousands of names being posted about losses. You don't need to know a lot about the Dominion. You just need to know that the Federation's getting their ass kicked, um, and it's a good example of. Uh, you don't need to know the character of, of Cisco too much, but you know just by the way that he's talking when he's doing this log that he is a man of uh, integrity and that he wants to follow the rules. But it is such a desperate time. He is willing to sacrifice everything that he stands for in order to win this war and stop the killing. I think that's I think it's interesting. I, I I wonder I have to go back and watch the episodes that surround it because by the time you get to this one you know that you know the the war has been trudging on for a while and that the federation is not doing well. Um and I think that's probably the only reason why I thought that you kind of had to have Dominion backstory but but now that you mention it like that I suspect you're probably right. I mean it's my favorite episode of the series so I mean yep. I'll watch it regardless but although as I've said before I don't even know how we can even be talking about it. Why? Because at the end of the episode, Cisco tells the computer to delete his entire personal log. So it never existed. So how can we know that he even was thinking these things because he had the computer delete the log? It doesn't make any sense. It's bad writing. Scratch it off my list. You know what that tells me? (laughs) It tells me that you're a huge geek. And you know what that means? (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. I think I do. Yes. You get the music? It's time for Stump the Geek. (laughs) Yes, I am red. Yes, fans, as always, 
I will give Dan a series of five questions. He has no idea what these questions are in advance. He's not allowed to use any reference material. So no internet, no books, no uh, handwritten notes, no phones, no nothing. He's going to rely on his little pea brain for all of this information. Um, yeah, I know. That's because you've got a little pea brain. Five for five, four for five last couple times? You, well, you also have this tendency to pull things out of your butt. So uh, <laughs> congratulations. My little pea butt. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So, Dan, uh, are you ready to commence with stumping the geekiness? We do, and it's five questions today? Well, fi- it's always five and a bonus. Yeah, okay. Point so, structure? Um, thoroughly Completely. random, as always. <laughs> All right. So, question one is a, is a Star Trek Voyager question, and as a result, this question is worth 74,656 points. I like that reference. Very nice. Thank you. Is that the question? Can I? Can that be the question? No. What is that? Okay. No. <laughs> question one. Uh huh. What was the name of the hollow novel written by the Doctor in Author Author? It's a good episode, actually. Name of the hollow novel. Doctor. And it was. It was actually rejected, if I remember correctly. They weren't going to publish it. Uh, need an answer. I know you need an answer. Um, it was the play on words. Uh, it was on something free. What are the, uh, what's he made out of? He's made out of... Um, honey. Oh, I can't. I can't you can't. Call you can't phone a friend. <laughs> Um, Photons be free That is correct (laughs) My word I didn't think you were going to get that one I was thinking Something Matrix but that didn't make sense But then it's a play on words like I said The answer is Photons be free It was the hollow novel written by the doctor And uh, Dan you're on the board with 74,656 points for those of you who may not good be aware, like, that's a good reference. Don't even, man. If, if anybody listening to this podcast doesn't know that, I'm going to be very disappointed. For those ahead, of you who me. may not be aware, <laughs> point values can range anything from one point to I think the most I've given you is 35 million and one or nope. something like that. No, you offered me a billion once. Oh, no, that was that's for the bonus, though. Oh, OK. OK. All right. I'm talking about just point values for the questions. OK. Are you going to explain what the point structure was from question one? Um, for those people that may not know, no, you you told me now I shouldn't, so I'm not going to. All right, seven four six five six. Google it. Um, so Dan, question two, and this question, question two. this question is for thirty five thousand and seven points. Okay, and I chose thirty five thousand seven because if you turn it upside down, it makes a word on a calculator. Okay, it makes the word loose. Okay. That's the only reason I chose it. Not going to ask. Question, question two. What was Trip Tucker's favorite meal? Is there, a, is there an episode reference that can help me when it's uh, talked about? It's actually about? referenced several times in Enterprise, believe it or not. I don't know. He's Southern, so it's going to be probably fried chicken, but let me think about it for a second. No, no, it's not fried chicken. It's uh, it's fish. It's um, so 
catfishes in Southern. Uh, catfish? Catfish. Catfish. Fried catfish? I'll accept fried catfish. The answer is actually pan-fried catfish. Oh, that's uh, pan-fried fried. It's There's the a difference. Cause it nah, it's not a difference in Stump the Geek. Uh, <laughs> 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 While you were uh, pulling this out of thin air, I actually did look it up. It's mentioned a few times. It's mentioned okay. in Unexpected, the episode where Trip gets pregnant. Uh, it's mentioned yeah, in Silent Enemy. It's mentioned in Dead Stop. Um, and it's also mentioned briefly in These Are the Voyages. Fried catfish. Pan what fried say, ca- catfish. What do you say, Captain? Wow, really? So, Dan, you have two questions out of five, correct? Yep. Um, I've not done any math yet because I'm not pulling up the calculator. Um, but the, you do have however many points that adds up to. Okay, i got to say... If I have to get all these questions right, you have to get the addition of the points right. So wait, I have to add the points and engineer the show and do all the other stuff? Oh, Is yeah. that what I'm hearing? There we go. Hey, you wanted to do the show, man. You just brought me on as a... A hired hand? A second second thought, I'm thinking. Well, that's true in so many ways. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, you're being replaced by Andy Robinson. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> okay. So for the record... And you have 109,663 points. I like how you can do this without really even being able to tell that you're doing it. I know. That's because uh, I'm a trained professional. I may like not have that. gone to the Connecticut School of Broadcasting like somebody on this podcast. Yeah. But um, yeah. I've got a trick or two up my sleeve. You got to do what you got to do, man. In this case, let's do question three. All right. So, Dan, for 246,829 points... I love that. In the the Enterprise episode, Judgment, what disease did Phlox tell the Klingons that Archer had just so he could meet with the captain? Polyxenocythemia. I'm sorry, you broke up a little bit there. Could you say it again? Uh, It's the same thing that uh, McCoy had in uh, For the World is Hollow When I Touch the Sky, I believe. Polyxenocythemia. So close. So close. The answer is actually xenopolycythemia. Oh my god, that's close enough. It's it's actually not. Oh, you named the wrong disease, Garrick. <laughs> I can't help it if you got it wrong, buddy. Oh, that was my dyslexia chiming in. You're not I dyslexic. My pill. I didn't take my pill yet. You're not. They don't have a pill for dyslexia. You're not dyslexic. <laughs> Damn it. That was so close. It's so right and wrong at the same time. Uh, if I had said that, you would have just lambasted me. Frank would say polyxenothysemia. I'm a dummy. Dan Davidson <laughs> would. That's who. <laughs> Thank you. That's me. Thanks for coming on to the show today. <laughs> so question four, now that you're stuck at 109,663 points, this question is for eight points. <laughs> Couldn't get this one wrong, huh? I told, the other one. told you I was working on my point values. <laughs> At what age are Kalons required to commit ritual suicide in the practice known as resolution? Is that the episode with the guy from MASH? Yes, it is. Let's be a Star Trek The Next Generation for those of you keeping score at home. Oh, boy. What age? That was the else. I think it was in the 60s. Was this, it was in his 60s, but I don't remember if it was anything specific. So I'm just going to go with 60. 
I know it's in the 60s, but I'm just going to go with 60 because I'm not sure if it's specific. So 60. Uh, that is actually specific enough because it's correct. Ah! At age 60, Kalons must uh, report for ritual suicide in the resolution. That is correct. He did not want to do that. No, he, uh, though Dave's marrying Loxana or, or at least going to hook what's up the, with her. So. What's his name? Timison, wasn't it? Timison. Timison? Yes. D- yeah. Dr. Timison. Good, good episode. Good Loxana episode. Loxana episode. So question five, we go from a good Waxana yes. episode to a good O'Brien episode in Deep Space Nine. Yeah. Question five is for 32,627 points. And it is, how long was the sentence imposed on O'Brien in DS9's hard time? So that's the one where he had his molar taken out? Um, I don't know if I can answer that. Why? Because it has it, nothing to do with the question. It actually does. Because if... All right, I'll tell you. No, it's not. Oh, no, that's the one where he's actually not given a sentence, but he like has memories implanted that he did have a sentence. Um, and it was... Uh, I think it was 20 years. I think he had to suffer 20 years. But the sentence itself, it wasn't real. But... So it's kind of be, it could be one of those stupid trick questions that you have from time to time. I'm going to go with 20 years. Um, it's not a stupid trick question because <laughs> it's about the sentence that was imposed, not how long it would take. It would take only a few hours, but in fact, O'Brien served 20 years. That is correct. Right. So Dan, That's a good episode. Dan, you are four for five coming into the double or nothing bonus. It was four and a half, but that's okay. Excuse me? <laughs> no, it's, it's not four and a half. I'm the guy reading the questions. It's four for five. Mr. Polly Zeno said to me. Can I get a second opinion from the female judge in the room? Uh, she's not a judge. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so the double or nothing bonus. In this, um, you have the opportunity to double your score or walk away with nothing. And here's the question. Um, in the original series, we saw a lot of starships that looked like the USS Enterprise, but weren't. They were, in fact, other Constitution-class starships in the fleet. Name five of the seven starships other than the Enterprise we saw in the original series. Um, and this could include the remastered version if you're you're splitting hairs. But I will tell you, no Mirror Universe. Oh, unlike the Mirror Universe question that you stumped me with the, the last time that wasn't really uh, accurate, but that's all right. Now, this one is accurate. You know so, and so was that one, <laughs> jerk face. Okay, so you got the Enterprise. Uh, I said other uh, than the Enterprise. I understand that. I'm just saying Enterprise. You have Matt Decker's ship, which was the Constellation. That's correct. Um, you've got the five of the seven. Oh, boy, this is tough. Um, the Constellation. Uh, oh, the Tholian web, Defi- the constellation, mm-hmm. um, the Defiant was yes. from the Tholian web. That's correct. Um, the uh, what was the ship that was in M five? M five, the guy destroyed Kirk. Look what we've done. The Excalibur. Yes. Was, did you like that? My day. That was pretty good. <laughs> um, Captain Tracy commanded the. Uh, Exodus, uh, Exeter. The Exeter is correct. Um, and a, do we ever see the Farragut? We need one more. 
Um, let me ask you, see it or it was discussed? You have to see it. Because I don't think we saw, I don't think we ever saw the Intrepid. That was destroyed by the giant amoeba. That's correct. Uh, well, there were, there were, if I remember correctly, there were three starships in the Daystrom episode. The Lexington was one. Um, so Lexington, yeah, that was the other one. That's five. Congratulations, Dan. You walk away with 284,596 points today. I like, I like the fact that one episode had three of them. That made it a little easier. Actually, one episode had four, and we're going to talk about that right now. So obviously you've right. got the Constellation from the Doomsday Machine, yep. commanded by Matt Decker, as played by mm-hmm. William Wyndham. Do you also... think I know that? <laughs> there was, but not anymore. But not anymore. Um, the USS Defiant in the Tholian Web. Um, the USS Exeter from the Omega Glory. You had your captain slightly off on that, but it was visible. Wasn't it Tracy? Nope. Oh, okay. All right. Oh, no, I'm sorry. You are correct. I was thinking of, um, um, I can see, uh, Leslie. Oh, okay. Commodore Leslie. My bad. That's all right. I'm That's wrong. Okay. That's why I'm Stump the Geek. And then there was the four episodes we saw on the Ultimate Computer, which had Daystrom. There was the yep. Excalibur, the Hood, the Lexington, and the Potemkin. The Potemkin, yeah. Okay. So those yeah. were the the seven starships. Dan, you, uh, you're the big winner today, and I have to say you're on one hell of a streak. I'll tell you what, though, man. It was so close to being perfect if I didn't screw up that the, the placement of those two syllables. Well, your words, not mine. So close to perfect... <laughs> It's, it's almost. <laughs> and we only count almost in horseshoes and hand grenades, don't we? Oh, that's true. That's, that's a good true. Point. Well, Dan, um, now's probably a good time to start wrapping it up. Why don't you tell us what we can look forward to in our next episode? This is huge. I mean, we teased it a little bit um, <clears throat> before. Um, if you really want me to say it. Yeah, let's tell, it, let's tell everyone who's coming up in the next. It's already recorded. Let's tell everyone who's it, I, who it is. I know it's just it's it's like it's it's fun to surprise. Um, we've had a quite a quite a ride with Star Trek Continues. Everybody knows it's our favorite current Trek out there. It, actually, before I get to the name, isn't it amazing how much we love this series? And it's only been three episodes. I know, right? It, it, it's only three. Lou Ferrigno was in one for God's sake. I mean, it's just been it's been awesome and and. Although I am not a Doctor Who watcher, I guess the White Iris is going to have an actor who was one of the Doctors That's back correct. in the day. Colin um, Baker. So, yeah. So Star Trek Continues has been fantastic. We can't wait for the uh, for the premiere of the next episode uh, in just about four weeks from now. Um, we are going to have the one and only Kim Stinger on the show um, to talk about her portrayal of Lieutenant Uhura on Star Trek Continues. I I can't wait. Um, it's going to be such a great episode. She's been so jazzed to do the, the podcast, and we're excited to talk to her. Please, even though the Blu-ray giveaway has just ended, and we'll be announcing that winner in mere moments, um, please, uh, if you, you can, go onto iTunes and give us a, a review and a rating. It does help other people find the podcast, and it does kick us up in the search results. So that um, so that we can we can do more of these episodes, um, we will will announce the winner in just a second. Uh, Dan, why don't you tell folks how they can get in touch with us? Yes, absolutely. Um, there are several ways. Uh, as you all know, we each have a Twitter handle. Uh, Bill's Twitter handle is at Trek Geek Bill, and mine is at DCD DS Nine. 
you can send us uh, a, you can send a tweet, a Facebook message, or contact us on Skype. Our handle is Trek Geeks. You can also send us an email at trekgeeks at starfleet.com. And if you like to talk, you can actually give us a call and leave us a voicemail at 508-784-1701. Remember that any comments or messages will be used in future episodes, whether you want them to be used or not. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and we have a feeling there will probably be a few comments after this next uh, segment. (laughs) Um, Now is the time. We are now going to announce the winner of the Trek Geeks Blu-ray, Blu-ray giveaway. I can't, I'm so excited, I can't even get the words out. The, Second time. I know, right? The winner of the... Who writes this stuff? Oh. <laughs> the winner of the Blu-ray giveaway. Before we started recording today, we compiled all of the completed entries into the giveaway. From there, three names were randomly selected as winners of the three prizes. So, Dan, without further ado... Yes, the third place winner of a T-shirt from the Trek Geek store is... Leah Hale from Scottsdale, Georgia. Congratulations, Leah. Excellent. Congratulations. Um, that's, that's great news. Well, all right, we're done. No, 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 no. <laughs> hey, it's the T-shirt. You know how I feel about the T-shirt. I do. The, actually, the T-shirt's your favorite prize. I, I st- Leah's, Leah, you're going to love the T-shirt. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, in that case, winner of the second prize, which is a $35 e-gift card to Amazon.com, which you can use to buy anything you like, is... Jackie Hackney from Flagstaff, Arizona. Jackie, congratulations. Awesome. Wow. Georgia, Arizona. That's uh that's quite the distance. You're good. You nothing yes, gets okay. by you. <laughs> well, I'm just trying to, you know, get everybody psyched up because finally the grand prize the grand prize winner. Grand will pies? Bring home a live- I, I want a pie. <laughs> I want pies. I'm so excited. Uh, the grand prize winner who will bring home a library of the first ten Star Trek movies on Blu-ray. All digitally remastered, over 1,200 minutes worth of content, including the Captain's Summit and the Star Trek Evolutions documentary, is Michael Schlecht from Alpharetta, Georgia. Yeah, all right. That is awesome. Congratulations, Michael. Michael, congratulations, and a sincere and heartfelt thanks to to everybody who wrote an iTunes review, and definitely congratulations to all of you who entered the drawing. We're going to be contacting winners via email so that they can... uh, get their prizes yeah uh really thanks to to all of you more people are discovering the trek geeks podcast so please keep those reviews coming and we truly appreciate the feedback and speaking of more trek geeks podcast this is going to wrap this episode episode 12 wow i keep forgetting the number every week i don't i I clearly it goes up by one every week bill oh i'm gonna write that down Goes plus one. Up. So next week is going to be. Oh, oh, I didn't know there was going to be a math test. Um, uh, Thirteen. We return hey! with episode thirteen. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all for listening, and we will talk to you next time. Live long and prosper. Yes, thirteen. Woo! Lucky thirteen. sip of water.
<laughs> the best part is, is you're trying to keep your eyes below camera level, so I don't think you can see even what I'm doing on your screen. And I'm just sitting here flipping you off before we get ready to start recording with a double bird. And all I can hear is your. Are you trying to say that I have emphysema? No. Bronchitis. Oh, not too. Um, really, you should see a doctor about some oxygen. It's funny that I only am like this when I'm with you. So, what are you saying? I don't know. You're not even that with I'm, me. You're maybe you're I'm allergic sh- to you. It's like the Gilligan and Skipper episode where Gilligan was allergic to Skipper, and and the Skipper's going, eek, 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 eek. "Isn't that awesome?" <laughs> But you're not even in the same state as me. But We're not even in the same your, room. But I'm looking at your face. Wow. <laughs> I hope you're recording this. Wow. <laughs> What's, you know what the funniest part about that is? No. Sue and I, went, uh, this was like two or three months ago. We're just flipping through the stations. And what's that? Um, the station where they play all the old stuff. Uh TV Land or something like that. Dan TV. And, and it's an episode of Gilligan's Island is on. And I turn it on. I haven't seen the show in freaking 20 years. And I start quoting it. And it was very scary. And I was like, hey, hey, hey. I'm like, honey, he's going to tip over the tree with his knees. <laughs> it was awesome. And-, and then the next episode, Apollo from... The original series is playing a headhunter. Couldn't believe it. Really? Yeah. Uh-huh. And here, all this time, I thought your quality, you know, your best quality was being able to quote the Brady Bunch. No, no. Gilligan's Island, Brady Bunch, they're both right up there. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> I think we've all learned something new today on the Trek Geeks podcast. Yes. Don't be allergic. Don't have the skipper be allergic to you because he's a very loud sneezer. The more more you know. (laughs) Do, 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 do. All right, you ready? (laughs) My wife just goes, Skipper is dead. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, hon. Spoiler alert. So So now this is what he does when he sneezes. Right. Oh, Jesus. Okay, then. Moving on. <laughs> Are you ready? I'm ready. Like, at least we have an outtake. <laughs> uh, life is cruel. What are we doing? Oh, yeah. <laughs> where, where, where are you doing? What are we doing? Sure. Sure. I'll tell you what. Now, I don't know what's going on here, but I think we could hurry up and get this thing started. There we go. All right. Okay, we're good. Yeah, serenity now. (laughs) Okay, I am under control. All right, go ahead.